Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It's three o'clock here in Heatfield, Florida. Um, this is Dr. Simon. Uh, I'm doing a show again today, uh, whose overall title are the stories we live by. And I want to talk again about uh, the upcoming election from a psychological point of view. And in this case, uh, I have an ulterior motive. It's not merely to uh, uh, spread wisdom or understanding. Um, It's very important to me that uh, Donald Trump not win the next election, the coming upcoming election, and that Hillary Clinton uh, win. And so I want to talk about what I believe uh, an interesting phenomena, and that is the number of people who really loathe and despise her. Um, I'm not talking now about the professional haters, the uh, Rush Limbaugh or or the Fox News people. These are paid haters, uh, and their job is to uh, stir up the population, and to uh, uh, create uh, all kinds of, of uh, conflict in people about ever voting for her. I'm talking about normal, everyday people, men and women, who, when you mention her name, respond as if um, she had kidnapped your child or grandchild and uh, tortured it and put it to death. The rage, the loathing, uh, the despising is very, very intense. And even people who I know who really don't like Trump don't show that kind of hatred. There is a great deal, as, as in me, uh, disease, unease, disease, uh, uh, fear of what I Uh, experience could happen if this man becomes president of the United States. And I've gone through this already on other shows. Um, I happen to think, just as an aside, uh, that he's beginning to unravel and may not even make the election um, because I do see him having such a a wound in his personality that uh, he may not make it. So let's go back to Hillary, uh, and let's talk about what I call transference. I don't call it, make it up, but it's a Freudian term. It's a psychoanalytic concept, and when people do psychotherapy or psychoanalytic psychotherapy, it's at the heart of of, um, uh, the concept of interaction. So here we go. Uh, let me give you an example of what I believe to be uh, what I believe to be a, uh, a transference reaction. This is one that had came very early in my career. I was working in a clinic, and I was given a young man, a lovely young man, to work with, and uh, we began to hit it off. And one day he asked to have his appointment time changed. So we discussed it, and I changed the appointment. Two weeks later, he asked to change the appointment again. And I changed it again after some discussion. 
Uh, this time, it was a kind of difficult to make the change, but he provided reasons that seemed to me valid, and I changed it. Two weeks later, he wants another change in the appointment. And at this point, I really had no option. So we discussed it, and I told him that uh, until I have another opening or I can do this, uh, I can't do it. But let's discuss why you are now changing the appointment three times. What's the issue here? Because in many cases, this is an issue, and it's an issue that needs to be understood. And when I told him that I would not be able to change the appointment, I wouldn't change the appointment, uh, first of all, I don't have the time, but B, until we discuss it and I can understand, we can both understand what's involved here, he became very angry, he threatened to quit, and he said to me, you're just like my father, he'll never give in to me either. And now the, the whole discussion changed from me and the appointment to the young man and his father, which was one of the real essential issues in his life, the feeling that the father uh, was authoritarian, that didn't care about him. And uh, we worked very productively for about a year, uh, and he did resolve a lot of the issues in relation to his father. Um, Good things happened when he became less afraid of his father uh, and realized that um, not only was the father being authoritarian, he convinced me that that was a reality, but that he was reacting to it uh, in a way that sort of distorted exactly what the father's meaning was in his, in his uh, authoritarian way of dealing with him. So he had very productive discussions with his father uh, as a young man rather than a little boy who had adopted a relationship to the father that never moved forward. And that's going to be a, always a part of a therapy that we come into adulthood with baggage, not only distortions about other people, but accurate perceptions about other people that we haven't worked through and that we haven't developed skills, we haven't developed the ability uh, to move past the child's fears, the child's anxieties, the childish anger that relates to the uh, uh, parent or the adult or whoever it happened to be and now gets spread around as it were. So that a person in authority or a person who uh, uh, is male or a person who's female, a person who's a member of the church, a teacher, whatever it might be, now has to confront the fact without being aware of it that uh, feelings that are fixated, that was a term uh, that Freud had developed, uh, parts of personality that never move forward are now being projected onto an individual who may have very little uh, to do with the original conflict or the personality of the father or mother, whoever was the figure uh, that uh, uh, this individual is still in conflict with as if the conflict is taking place uh, with a four-year-old and an adult or a five-year-old and an adult. So the, the elements of that are a kind of an experience the individual has that they are still reacting as if 
time hasn't passed in relation to this uh, individual and the class of individuals that somehow become involved in those conflicts. That makes, seems to make sense. I think that is fairly clear uh, uh, in my explanation, although that may be my projection that since I've been dealing with this concept for 50 years. Uh, anyway, very important piece here. A therapist or anybody who says this is transference okay, and that the uh, relationship that, that they're experiencing, that they, the anger or fear or, 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 or uh, adoration, I'll talk in a moment, positive, positive transference and, as well as negative transference, the adoration uh, has nothing to do with them. In fact... One, one must be scrupulously honest about oneself, which is why anybody who goes into psychoanalysis must experience their own therapy uh, so that they can understand where the individual, another individual, is projecting something, acting out something with them, uh, and is not really merely responding to actual um, factors in the therapist personality that are being enacted and denied and justified uh, and where there are defenses against recognizing that we are not helping an individual but we are bullying him or we are seducing them or we are doing things so that they should like us uh, that are real. Uh, that I could not change his hour because possibly I was hostile to him and I didn't want his hour to be changed. Okay? And I would now have to be very honest if in fact that is the case and aware that something is being aroused in me that is my baggage left over from childhood. Now, we are not rational beings. We are irrational beings. And much of our irrationality does come out of our childhood, the wounds uh, that we experience, the fears that we haven't developed the skills to deal with, uh, the, the, the uh, anxieties that we don't have the insight into, and that we're reacting and, and hurting ourselves and damaging relationships uh, needlessly. Uh, accusing people of doing things to us or having intentions uh, that can be so severe uh, that, that they end up in violence or they end up in a broken relationship um, or just make all relationships uncomfortable. So if I'm clear about this, now let's talk about Hillary Clinton. I'll tell you my own personal experience of Hillary Clinton, not that I've met her. Uh, I think that she has her own difficulties. Uh, maybe she lies. Uh, but I find her to be uh, extremely competent, intelligent. Uh, and every once in a while, especially the, the, uh, during the convention, I see a woman with a lot of warmth and a lot of guardedness, which is going to be part of my, my discussion um, who is super competent and has a need to project herself as a fighter, someone who has overcome 
uh, all of the difficulties or most of the difficulties in her life uh, and is ready to be president. And from my point of view, there's no contest between her and uh, Donito Trampolini, who each day, to me, becomes uh, more uh, uh, irrational, uh, more angry, more frightened, uh, an individual who seems to have uh, no self-esteem, so it's covered up with bluster, it's covered up with this arrogant sense of, of uh, superiority, uh, that he alone can save America, uh, that he knows more than the generals about ISIS, the, the, the military who's fighting, that uh, uh, he, he projects this rage onto people uh, and, and sees any kind of criticism as something that is so threatening that he has to fight back uh, and, and, and just try to bring the other person down and destroy them. <clears throat> Um, so, when I talk to people, and, and, and I'm talking now about people I know, uh, about Obama or Hillary Clinton, I re claim there is a transferential uh, peace, an irrational peace, by the degree of the hostility that responds. I'm, people who are normally uh, very... Uh, easy to talk with, uh, who easily angered, uh, who can uh, uh, identify their own feelings, who have insight and uh, can stop themselves before they get angry, seem when I say I like, liked Obama, uh, he's the worst president. I mean, the rage, they are yelling the same thing about Hillary. It seems to me over the top, given the nature of the, the, the relationship they have either with the president or with uh, the woman who might become president. And so I started to think about what is it that I might help understand, or help myself understand the degree of this anger. Is there a transferential? Is there, are there issues carried in from the past, from other situations related to other people, and that, that account for the degree of this rage, for this, these statements that he and she are the worst person who's ever lived, they're the devil, that, that it's, it's just really quite remarkable when you listen to the explosion of anger that uh, she and he, the president, although he's no longer really the issue. What is going on here? I'm going to separate my discussion about men and women and not really discuss men too much. Um, I've discussed men before on, on the show. Many of the men, not all, but many of the men who... Um, uh, are, are so angry and hateful, uh, involve race, but not just race. You see, because we say race, it puts it on a sociological level. And it's very important, if we want to understand ourselves and other people, is to move from the sociological to the psychological and ask, what is it that this individual experiences about themselves? 
How does it feel to be them in the face of recognizing Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Barack Obama as president. What is it that they're experiencing? What emotions uh, have never been worked through? What emotional reactions? What perceptions? Uh, what sense of self uh, is being acted upon without proper insight or moderation? What is not owned from the outside, but is lived through from the inside so that there is no real uh, ability to, uh, to um, uh, control this anger and the individual becomes the anger and the hatred and the fear. For the men, we talked about on a sociological level the issue of race, the fact that many of these individuals, many of these men, uh, that not all, but many uh, are white, uh, are not particularly well-educated, and whose jobs have been shipped overseas uh, or uh, been given to robots who will work uh, tirelessly for no wages at all, just a can of oil once in a while, uh, or, or an electric goosing of, of sorts. Um, and so he represents their failure. There's a great scene in the movie Mississippi Burning. Uh, I forget that the two, two, two FBI agents who were uh, investigating the bombing of uh, the churches in Alabama. I believe it's, it's Alabama, I think. And Gene Hackman, who's a very fine actor, in my, in my opinion, wonderful actor, um, plays the FBI agent who was raised in the South. And he tells a story uh, that his father was a dirt farmer. I think I may have said this before on the air, but who the hell, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, he, his father uh, was a dirt farmer. And in the next patch of land was a black man who was another dirt farmer. And one day the other farmer uh, appears and he has a mule to help him plow and do his work. And then he finds out, Gene Hackman as a boy, that the mule died. And he understood immediately that his father had poisoned the mule. And he says to his father, what happened? Why? And the father says, if you can't be better than a nigger, then what are you? Now, the projection of rage at the black man has to be understood in terms of what his father experienced about himself in relation to that, what was projected onto the black man, what is projected onto black people uh, in, in, in its entirety, all of them. And that is a feeling of deep failure, of deep humiliation, of great, great shame. Men and women, but men especially, do very badly with shame. When we feel shame, it is the feeling that we are unmanned. We are not warriors. We are not uh, uh, the modern version. We're not uh, good sexually. Uh, we're not uh, able to care for our family. We can't rise above our condition. Uh, and in the last 40, 50 years with television, uh, we become aware 
of what we don't have since every time you turn on the television you see the latest gadgets and people dressed in their finery uh, and smiling and happy everybody on television seems to be smiling and happy Uh, nothing ever seems to go wrong and the feeling is I'm a loser now to project that out and hate somebody still doesn't change the rage that is generated by the shame that is internal that his father Hackman's father in this movie still feels like a little boy who is shamed perhaps by his father by his mother that he is not an adequate man that he's not a warrior he is a nothing he's a nobody and that feeling remains along with the guilt that might exist when he kills the man's mule Much of the rage in these individuals is based on a shame and perhaps regret that they didn't graduate high school or go on or develop skills. It is true that many of them are victims, and this is what I've talked about on my show in the past, that when life is fairer, when we're treated fairer, it is much easier to rise But it still has to be ultimately the individual who sees themselves as a responsible agent and acts on their own behalf. And of course, here we get into a wonderful philosophical discussion of how does that happen? Are some of us born with this capacity for uh, self-analysis? Or is it really, again, if we're lucky enough to be treated and loved in a way that we develop the core of a responsible individual and seek the skills we need to make our way in the world. Not merely the help that we get, but when we take over our own struggle and thereby develop the capacity to have children and feed them and raise them to be responsible individuals that give our own and other children the support they need not to be merely the victim. So yes, these men are victims. Yes, they're responsible. With the women, I think it's also shame, but something else. And then I'll get back to uh, why I think Hillary is such a lightning rod. Oh, anyway, let me just finish with the men about this. Uh, Obama was a black man. And if you can't be better than a black man, then what are you? He had risen to the top job, not only in America, but in the eyes of many people in the world. He is the most powerful individual in the world. He can destroy it. And what we project onto the president and all the other individuals uh, with whom we admire and hate and have love-hate relationships with is endless. What we see them, what their responsibility is to us, and what we might get angry at. Uh, I saw this as a teacher for years and years, not just as a therapist, uh, uh, who I was. Uh, when students would hand in papers based upon my uh, lecture, um, I was speaking, and I thought I was saying what I was saying, but if there was 40 kids in a room, 40 young people in a room, there were 40 different interpretations. And every teacher knows this, uh, what the individual focuses on. 
what they like, what they dislike, uh, some small remark that is part of the larger lecture all of a sudden excites somebody or offends somebody based upon their personal experience of what they're listening to and participating in. So, Hillary aspires to be the most powerful person in the world and is a woman. And for many men, this is intolerable, particularly men who are feeling ashamed in the face of wives, girlfriends, lovers, their own parents, their mothers, about how they're living their life and how they are unable to really rise above the situation they're in because they lack the insight, the skills, and the wherewithal to make some kind of an important move. Under those circumstances, anger and violence, real violence, become a possibility and increased probability. And here comes Trump, who is literally giving permission to the worst of the worst to, to act out their frustration and their anger and become destructive warriors uh, uh, against those they believe have victimized them. Uh, one of the things I forgot to read in my last program when I talked about this particular issue um, were all of the individuals at the co uh, convention, the Republican convention, who are KKK, uh, neo-Nazi, uh, and who talk about uh, openly that when Trump, they love Trump, and when uh, they become his allies and they can act on uh, what he wishes, the Muslims are going to go, uh, the Jews are going to go, and the blacks are going to go. Uh, and they mean it. And they mean it. Uh, they're waiting. And no matter what he says or how outrageous those of us uh, who, or who are fear him, no matter how outrageous he says, they love it. He is giving license to the deepest shame and frustration uh, and the rage that gen is generated by that to find and blame others for their problems. Uh, whether or not those individuals have anything to do with it or not. Now, Hillary. She aspires to be the most powerful person in the world as a female, as a woman. There are two reactions of women that I see to Hillary. Even those who believe maybe she's dishonest or maybe, you know, she made too much money with uh, uh, the stock market or making her speeches, um, who don't trust her, now compounded by uh, these, this email uh, issue, admire her. And the women who admire her, admire her because they feel inside that they're competent as a woman. And she represents the next step in their competence. They're excited by the idea that they, their grandchildren, their daughters, can now aspire to equality or even superiority over the men in their lives. The, the uh, powerful stuff. And so they are excited, these women. 
uh, and many of the women I know, and I'm talking now about reactions not from out there that I see on television, but from people I've had discussions with, go out to dinner with somebody, mention Hillary, uh, and on one hand there's this wonderful admiration uh, and, and identification with her that uh, she represents uh, what I would like to be uh, as a person, competent, intelligent, uh, take charge, uh, just a, a person uh, who can rise and continue rising in the world, achieving dreams uh, and, and reaching goals. The women who are the most angry have issues that have not been resolved. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody who uh, said how much he disliked her, the intensity emerging, the dislike, and we discussed it. I said, specifically, what is it that she's done? And it took 15 minutes, and finally, this is a woman who had had divorced, who was divorced. She went back to him, and she was enraged that she would do this. And something, again, from her own divorce and her own issues, uh, which we didn't discuss, was being projected onto Hillary. And Hillary now was, was somehow shaming her, uh, creating a guilt uh, a, 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 uh, uh, about her own not going back or not trying to resolve the relationship. Uh, I don't know the details of that relationship. I could only conjecture. But it was being projected and, to me, a real transference kind of a reaction. Um, I don't know how many women who have not really resolved uh, their sense of identity and esteem with their own mothers in relation to their own fathers, in relation to the larger society, see Hillary as someone who could be admired but simply arouses in them their own self-hatred, their own sense of shame, their own sense of failure, just as with the men, although again, as I say, I think the men have different issues involved here, but ultimately shame is shame. And the same powerful emotion that says, I can't look at myself in the mirror and I really don't want anybody to look at me. Just as an aside, uh, people very often will confuse shame with guilt. Guilt, as I understand it, uh, is a failure to live up to one's values, ideas, morals, or laws, uh, not to do the right thing. Shame is a much deeper, more, much more primitive, uh, uh, primitive in the sense of, of uh, being left over for much earlier in life, uh, which says, I am disgusting and I don't want anybody to look at me. I have to hide. And when you hear people experiencing shame, what they'll say is, I wish a hole would open up and I could drop myself into it and disappear. I, I want to be invisible. Very, very potent, very difficult emotion to live with as a base of shame. That's what I think is going on. Now the question is, in the time remaining, and I'm going to not take too much longer, uh, to talk. What do you do about it? What do we do about it? And I'm going to go tonight to the Democratic Club. I belong to, I'm a member of the Democratic Club of my town. 
and uh, our congresswoman, well, she's not our congresswoman. Actually, they, they reversed it. She wasn't supposed to be our congresswoman, but some kind of gerrymandering act made again her car, uh, our congresswoman. And I'm going to try to talk to her. Can I get a message to Hillary? Will she listen to this broadcast? And if Hillary listens, will she take my advice? And there I am, giving advice to uh, the most powerful woman, potentially the most powerful person as a woman in the world. And that is this. When I watch her, she projects a sense of competence. And she will talk about problems she has overcome. But what never comes out, and I think it would be good if she could come out so that women could relate to her in a different way, are statements about what were the darkest times in her life? When was she experiencing shame and guilt? And she doesn't have to talk about the specific situation. Uh, I mean, what comes to mind is uh, what kind of dark times did she experience when Bill, her husband, uh, was exposed uh, having affairs, uh, uh, and, and especially with Monica Lewinsky, who uh, apparently uh, performed oral sex on him when she sat on the, the when she kneeled under his desk while he talked to senators on the phone. I mean, this is this is this is a picture with 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 comic consequences as well as semi tragic and 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 anger arousing. Oh. What was he thinking? Of course, the answer was he wasn't thinking. He was thinking with the, uh, the second brain that we may, men have that very often overwhelms the rational brain. Um, I think she needs to show in discussion or, or with other women who are angry with him uh, and a discussion that she understands their struggle. She understands being stuck. Uh, I, I, when I last book I wrote, I wrote about the emotion of stuckness. When somebody says, I feel stuck, that's exactly what they're feeling. Uh, and, and stuckness is not an emotion that uh, really uh, enters into textbooks along with shame, guilt, anger, love, hate, you know, the, the standard list. But I think feeling stuck and feeling ashamed because one is stuck and frustrated because one is stuck. Hillary needs to discuss being stuck. And if she does, I think a lot of the women will see her in a different light, identify her with her, and then say, she felt the way I now feel because they will be able to have more insight and give voice to their own stuckness rather than projecting it onto other people and blaming others for the inability to move past uh, where they are stuck, where they're fixated. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to talk to Lois Frankel tonight. If I have the time, I will try. Uh, I'm going to ask for a moment of a time. I'm going to give her uh, my my uh, information here at Blog Talk Radio, if she wants to listen, I would be most appreciative. And I would feel very good uh, because if Hillary uh, were to take a position, uh, I think she did a lot of good stuff for herself. 
with her relationship with Chelsea when Chelsea introduced it because there was nothing there but uh, a mother and a child that she's proud of, who's proud of her. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the hugs and the warmth she expresses with her running mate, uh, clearly what seems to be, if it's not real, it's the greatest act in the world, uh, what she seems to be experiencing with President Obama, uh, whatever their problems were, seem to be uh, now uh, in many ways worked out. Uh, she came across more human to me than ever before. But I think to help individuals relate to her who are really struggling with their own uh, fixations, their own sense of stuckness, um, is would make it easier for people to see her as a human being and and not project so much onto her that the very thought of her produces all of this defensive rage. Gee, I've been on the air how long? I, did I take 45 minutes or an hour? I don't remember. But I am getting tired. Yeah, 35 minutes I've done so far. This is perfect. Good. Uh, I'm going to sit here for a few minutes. If anybody hears this and wants to call in, I am always happy and grateful to receive a call and to discuss uh, my ideas and their ideas together. And if nothing happens, I'm going to end the show and send out another message on my Facebook that uh, people should come and listen and spread the good word. So, I think that's it. Okay, let's end the show. We press end episode, end the episode.